What do you say to a mother and father who recently lost a child in a terrible car accident? What do you say to a mother and father whose four-month-old son died? Something that happened here in our community just a couple of weeks ago. What do you say to a young person whose father or mother or spouse recently died of cancer or a heart attack while in the prime of their life? What do you say to a parent whose child committed suicide? Brothers and sisters, these questions I just asked all involve situations of tragic death. Every death of someone we love is sad. But some situations of death, like the ones in the four questions I mentioned, have the added dimension of being tragedies. We usually say, I'm sorry in such circumstances, and that's okay. That's what we should do. We should say we're sorry and offer sincere condolences to all those people who are grieving deeply over the loss of a loved one. But then what? What can we do to ease the pain and confusion these men and women are experiencing as they struggle to make sense of something that on the surface appears to make no sense at all? The bad news is we can never take all the pain away, no matter how hard we may try. Even if we do and say all the quote-unquote right things, the person who's dealing with the tragedy will still have to face the cross of suffering. We might wish that we could wave a magic wand and make it all go away, but we can't. Which is not to say that we're helpless and can't do anything. We can't make things perfect for them, that's true. But it is possible for us as human beings to be instruments that God uses to help these people bear their crosses experience some inner healing in their lives. That much is within our power. Based on my 35 years of helping people face tragedies in their lives as an ordained priest, I would advise what I would call the 3P approach in these situations. The three Ps stand for presence, perspective, and prayer. When you're trying to help a friend cope with a tragic death, take this 3P approach, and I believe you'll help them as much as you can. The first P there stands for presence. It means your presence. That's so important for people who are grieving. This is precisely where a lot of folks fail. They sometimes stay away from those who've recently experienced a tragic death because they feel awkward. They don't know what to say or join the club. I don't always know what to say either. But I go to these families because I know that my being there is important to them and gives them support, even more than my words do. In fact, if you've, sur if you've surveyed all the people I've ministered to in the midst of tragedy in the last 35 years and said to them, what did Father Ray say to you? What did Father Ray say to you when he came to your house or the hospital or the nursing home after your loved one died? You said that to those people, I bet 95%, 99% of them couldn't tell you anything I said. But they will remember that I was there. They'll remember that I was with them in one of the darkest moments of their lives. And they'll remember that you were there. You really don't have to say anything, at least initially. In fact, sometimes it's better when you don't say anything. As many of you know, my father died 
of cancer when I was 14 years old. For me, it was a terrible tragedy. The man was only 46 years old. The night my father died, my good friend Frank Chinese came over and spent the night at our house. Now, I couldn't tell you one single thing that Frank Chinese said to me on the night of September 10th, 1971. Not one thing. But I definitely do remember and will always remember that he was there. He was there when I needed him. Obviously, at that point, his presence meant much more to me than his words. Notice that Jesus Christ was always present with people in the midst of their suffering. Today's Gospel story is just one example of Jesus being present to people in their pain. It's an example we should all try to follow. Of course, eventually words do become important, usually long after the funeral is over. And here we have to be careful. We have to be careful not to become preachy or to oversimplify matters, because if we do, we'll probably come across as harsh and insensitive, though we don't mean to be. But speak we should, gently and respectfully doing our best to help the hurting person find the right perspective, which is the second P of the 3P approach. And today's first reading can be a big help in this regard. In fact, I often refer to this passage of scripture at the funeral masses of those who died in tragic circumstances. I mean, let's face it, when their loved ones die tragically, many people tend to blame God as if God were the dealer of death. That's the wrong perspective to have, because it's just not true. As we say in the Nicene Creed every Sunday, and as we will say in a few moments, God is the Lord and giver of life. He's not the dealer of death. Physical death came into the world when sin came into the world. It was not part of God's original plan for the human race. As it says in the text we heard this morning, God did not make death nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living. God formed man to be imperishable, but by the envy of the devil, death entered the world. God allows us to experience physical death, that's true, but he's also provided the remedy for physical death through his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Through words like these, spoken always in gentleness and love, we need to do our best to help victims of tragedy find the right perspective. Right perspective on God, first of all, and also the right perspective on their situation. We need to help them understand that God is their friend, not their enemy. That it's in Him, and only in Him, that they have hope. Hope of seeing their loved one again in the Lord's kingdom. Brings us to the last P of the 3P approach, prayer. Presence and perspective are both important and necessary, but prayer is the source of the power that makes those first two P's effective. Now, the most powerful prayer we have as Catholics is what we're doing right now. It's the Holy Mass. This means it's appropriate to have Masses said not only for the people who have died, but also for those who are still alive and grieving. Or at the very least, we should remember them when we're here at Mass, especially when we go back to our pews to pray after communion. Outside of the Mass, any prayer will do. We could even take one of the Psalms in the Old Testament and turn it into a prayer for a friend who's suffering in this way. Look at the last stanza of today's responsorial Psalm. It reads, Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me, O Lord. Be my helper. 
You changed my morning into dancing. You could pray that line for a friend who just experienced the tragic death in his family by asking the Lord to fulfill those words in your friend's life. O Lord, have pity on my friend, be his helper, change his morning into dancing, give him peace and joy again in his life. Presence, perspective, and prayer. The three P approach to situations of tragic death. Now that we all understand this approach, I would say God expects us to put it into practice to the best of our ability. He'll be counting on us to do that. And so will many of our suffering friends. 